Hi, and welcome to BSD Talk number eight. It's Monday, January 23rd, 2006. Our opening music is Compliments of OpenBSD. Many of you may not know, but for the past many releases, I believe since release 3.0, OpenBSD comes with a release song. So I'm using it for my uh, opening music. All right. Um, so f- for news today, PCBSD has come out with their release candidate 2 for their 1.0 release. So they're getting very close to a uh, 1.0 release of a uh, desktop-oriented operating system with an easy package manager is how the how they describe themselves. PCBSD is essentially FreeBSD 6.0 and it's bundled uh, as a single CD if all you're interested in is English, you'll you will need a second CD if you want to install other languages. But it's designed as a desktop-oriented operating system with KDE. They've uh, with this particular release, they've moved up to KDE 3.5, which is the latest, and it's uh, pretty good. I like it. Uh, you basically plop the CD in, install it. Everything's done graphically with very nice. Uh, very nice graphics. Anyone can install it, provided you're on a dedicated machine, of course. That makes it most easy. You essentially get FreeBSD 6.0 that automatically boots into KDE by default when you create an, a user during the installation. Not only do you create the root account, but you also create a regular user. It will, by default, auto-log in to that user. So it is really designed for the home user. KDE, obviously, is an easy-to-use desktop environment. Another thing that separates it from just being FreeBSD 6 with KDE, anyone can get that, they've developed their own package manager. And this package manager is similar to Darwin's application bundles. Darwin is Apple's system. I think uh, Apple really started pushing more people in this direction. Bundles have been around in other operating systems, Risk OS from Acorn, and prior to Apple's Darwin, Next, there's some other, other operating systems that have had these bundles. Essentially what you're looking at is, instead of the traditional method of installing software on Unix, where an application is installed either as a tar file or some, or some other kind of package by spreading a variety of files around the file system and user applications actually going in user bin, and then the supporting libraries being put in the library directories and configuration files and other stuff going elsewhere. A application bundle, or in the case of PCBSD's packages, you end up having a single folder that's designed to hold everything. This also, uh, these application folders, or the packages that come with PCBSD, are also bundled in a double-click installer format that you're usually familiar with in Windows. It will pop up and ask you for the root password and then install it for you. Keeps all the libraries separate. Some people complain that it creates a lot of bloat. Yeah, it may create bloat, but uh, on a single-user system, it's really not a problem. And it's an interesting way to go about it. It also has a simple 
system for removing applications. It'll list all your installed applications and pull them out. So it's a pretty lightweight desktop to begin with. It doesn't even come with Firefox, OpenOffice, anything like that. You do have access to the traditional BSD ports and packages systems, if you'd like. And there's only a couple clicks needed in order to propagate those directories with the port system. The actual packages available for PCBSD are fairly limited at this point, just because it requires bundling them in a different way. They also have really simple online system updates, so you don't have to do the traditional make world in order to update your system. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. Really hard to evaluate at this point. It's not at the real 1.0 release, so it may have some bugs. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's PCBSD. What I want to talk about today is no-cost BSD shell accounts. If you don't have access to an always-on internet connection, it might be nice to have a BSD shell available to you. I love having a shell, a Unix shell, available to me from anywhere, even if it's just for testing email. I'm on some remote site and I want to fire an email off to myself and make sure it works. Or I want to have something like the host command or nslookup or traceroute or any of the other wonderful Unix commands available to me. It's really nice to have a Unix shell that's off-site so you can test connectivity and stuff like that. So many of us will just install a BSD system on our home internet connection. But quite often your home internet connection doesn't have a static IP address. It may change from time to time. You can use dynamic DNS to solve that, but... Either way, having someone else host it for you is always a nice thing. So I've listed a couple, one, two, three, four, five, five different no-cost BSD shell account services. There are many more, but these are some that I've, I've stumbled upon. There's gnook.org, and they run OpenBSD. There's also metawire.org, which also hosts on OpenBSD arbornet.org they use freebsd freeshell.org which runs netbsd and hewlett packard yes that large computer company has a service called hp test drive and it's a way for you to test their development environments and a lot of their big servers and systems and they actually provide shells on FreeBSD, NetBSD, True64 Unix, OpenVMS, and Linux. A lot of these other no-cost shell account services are running on a shoestring budget. So the system you might be on may only be a 500 megahertz or maybe a gigahertz with a little bit of RAM. Your HP test drive systems are massive. They even have a 16 CPU system for one of their operating systems, but you're usually talking gigs of RAM on the HP test drive with uh, multiple processors. So they're, they're pretty beefy. They are running the latest 3.0 version of NetBSD. They seem to do a pretty good job of keeping things up to date. When you want to get yourself a free BSD shell account, please be aware that a lot of people abuse these in order to try and run IRC bots or denial of service attacks or harassing stuff. So please don't do that you end up ruining it for everyone else. Generally, to get an account, you'll log on or secure shell or do it through a website. Generally, you provide some basic information. There's very little verification of who you are, and you end up with a typical shell account. You may also get some web space, email space, and access to the basic utilities. 
I did create an account on gnook.org. It went just fine. I also sent a tech support request. They got back to me with, you know, that day. So uh, they, they seem like a nice hosting provider. The kind of systems that they're providing may not be super high powered. And they do try and make sure you aren't doing any uh, nasty stuff. They also have these different levels of accounts as you've been on the system longer and done more or donated hardware. They'll actually let you elevate your account privileges to get more space or processes that you can run. Metawire.org, which also runs OpenBSD, similar to GNUC, seems to be pretty popular. Heard about it before, although I didn't uh, create an account there because I had already done an OpenBSD one. Another one where I created an account actually was on the HP test drive. They just have such a wonderful array of operating systems and really powerful hardware. It seemed like a neat thing to do. One really annoying problem, though, is that they use Telnet in order to get to their system, which utterly blows my mind. The fact that anyone would continue to use Telnet is inexcusable as far as I'm concerned. The OpenBSD people were nice enough to create OpenSSH, a secure Telnet replacement for everyone. BSD licensed, everyone should be using it. So it, I don't quite understand why HP did that. The only thing I can think is that they don't want people really using these systems for anything serious. So they figure that if they use such an insecure protocol such as Telnet, it will discourage people from trying to make this a very important machine. But that also involved just signing up on their website, entering entering some of your basic information. None of it's really verified. By default, they opt you out of particular mailings. Within a few minutes, I had received an email with my account and default password fired up Telnet, and I was into a NetBSD system running 3.0, access to all the basic utilities. So, for those of you who want to experiment with the BSDs, see what they're like, at least from an end-user perspective, not an administrative perspective, I think it's a nice thing to do. Plus, it's always nice to have a shell account out there that you can quickly upload some stuff to if you've got something like FTP or secure FTP or email. And that's also good for network debugging. So if any of you have any other no-cost BSD shell account services out there and you want to let me know, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, I think that's that's really it. This is just a short one today. For those again, for those of you who continue to leave comments, that's great. Once again, you can email, email me at bitgeist, that's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T, at yahoo.com. Don't forget, Yahoo runs FreeBSD, so that's a great uh, place to go, even though they're filled with advertising. And you can leave comments on the website at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening.